Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Mm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Back to Inside Quotes, Chapter Twenty Two. Ooh, chapter. Ooh. <laughs> I am Jeremy Jones, your favorite host of Inside Quotes. Some would say it's debatable. Um, and here with me today is my brother Jonathan, who is also J- Jonathan. Where'd, where'd you go? Mother, I cannot stress enough the severity of the commander's <sighs> Okay, all right, I'm back. Oh, good, you're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> good. Shoot! Oh, I don't. Where'd you go? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, already starting this off with on a great note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's try this again. Um, so with me today is my co-host and my brother Jonathan. Welcome to the show again. Quack quack, everybody. Quack. quack. This has to stop, but it's not going to. I just know it's it's not going to stop. I think we're just going to end up saying quack quack to people every week. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> I will never say the line again. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what to savings? Some would think you're up to something. Guess you called me yesterday. Is this on or off the record? It's on the record. It can be. You listen to this. You heard that? Yeah. So, um, Matt Vaughn called me yesterday out of the blue, and yeah. he he was like, we were talking. He's just catching up with me. And listener, if you haven't listened to our brother bear episode with the Vaughn brothers, um, go listen to it. It's it's a huge bop. It's a good. It's one of our favorite episodes. Um, but on the episode, you remember? Oh, you weren't there, but um, we were at their house and we made breakfast, and. Mm-hmm he made a bunch of extra pancakes and we couldn't eat them. <laughs> so I took one and I used it as a coaster so it wouldn't make any sound. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there was a little tiny pancake and it's like pancake coasters are the perfect thing. And <laughs> he was like, dude, how, how come you haven't like invented those yet and like got them out on the market? Cause those are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if we, uh, there's <laughs> another merch idea for our future <laughs> pancake okay. coasters. Brought to you by Inside Quotes. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like a little coaster that looks like a pancake, but it's squishy. Doubles mm. as a... It won't be a real pancake, obviously, but... Write that down. As you know, Jonathan, every week we take turns choosing movies, just like we did in our childhood. So go ahead and tell the listener which movie you chose. Well, as I open up here, a sparkling water. Ooh. What kind is that? Aha. <sighs> uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's actually a good name. This is an apple ginger sparkling water. Low-key the best one. Low-key the best <laughs> one. Not sponsored by AHA uh-huh, Coca-Cola brands, but... Not yet. You know what? Just just in case we just gave them free advertisement, I'm just going to say, um, Diet Pepsi is better than Diet Coke. And Coke Zero. See, I'm, not, I'm new to the whole diet soda game, and I don't really drink it often, but when I do, it's Diet Pepsi. Pepsi gets such a bad rap because it's not as good as Coke, but it is better than Coke. Maybe not full sweetness, but like the diet, diet Pepsi is superior to either Coke Zero or 
Diet Coke. Because Coke Zero is pretty good. I will say that. That's good. But Diet Coke's buns. Straight buns. It's, it's, it's not good. Coke Zero is better. Yeah. I do think I think Pepsi in a can is better than Coke in a can. But nothing is going to beat Coke from the McDonald's fountain machine. Dude, have you like looked into like their whole process of like fountain beverages in Coca-Cola? Like No, not at all. Um so <laughs> they have a special deal with Coca-Cola. It's not just like a franchising deal. Uh McDonald's mm-hmm. has specific like pipes that travel through the whole restaurant and they're like refrigerated pipes obviously but like they have to keep it perfectly at 33 degrees fahrenheit Hmm. and it travels through it and it makes it ice cold and crisp and the the pipes are tighter so the bubbles i guess the bubbles are like it's it gives it a crispier taste if the pipes are tighter and colder makes the soda a little bit more spicy why is it spicy um, <laughs> so you get that's why McDonald's Coke is so good, and the Sprite. Ooh, that's that, that Sprite. Mm. McDonald's Sprite is spicy too. Shoot. Mm. Um, but there's a good meme that's like when the McDonald's Sprite is crispy enough to fry fish. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Another reason why Coca-Cola tastes so good at McDonald's is because one, they take very good care of it. They clean the pipes regularly. Um, I hope and, so. A lot of places don't. If you get like <laughs> a good way to test it is you ask for water and the if the water tastes rusty, they don't clean their pipes at all. Hmm. Um, this is a us throwing shade at Steak and Shake for having the nastiest water on the planet. <laughs> I would drink water out of a puddle before drinking water at <laughs> Steak and Disgusting. Shake. So McDonald's can somehow keep the pipes clean so that we can have good tasting Coke, but their milkshake machine is always broken. Well, yeah, you got to have one or the other. Can't have perfect. (laughs) I mean, shoot. It's always Uh, broke. But another reason is because of their straws. The straws at McDonald's are key. All right. You're going to go to some random takeout spot and you're going to have a little tiny scrawny little bendy straw, maybe. Or you can go to Wendy's or somewhere else and have just a standardized straw. But if you notice, McDonald's straws are a little bit wider, mm. um, have more of a circumference around them. The diameter in the middle is because you notice it has the yellow and the red stripe. Most straws yeah. don't have those stripes. It's the length of those stripes expanded into the circle. So it's a little bit more. So you get more of a burst of cold ice cold beverage while you're drinking Hmm. you get a whole lot more it's like the perfect ratio it's like the perfectly sized straw it's science and you know who studies science nerds and that's what we're talking about today so yes you asked me a question earlier and i will now answer why i picked this movie so yeah this movie i i saw it shortly after it came out and I saw it actually at a friend's house and I saw it like the one time and I thought it was funny, but then I, I hadn't really seen it after that for a while. So this isn't a movie that we owned that I recall, right? We didn't, you didn't have this one. I didn't No, have I think it. this was definitely an Uncle Weldon film. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by that meaning our uncle had a bunch of movies that we didn't have and we would always borrow them <laughs> from his house mm-hmm. every time we went up there or just watched them a bunch. When American yeah, Pickers the, wasn't on, obviously. But. He had the biggest like VHS tape collection ever. He did. Surrounding man, you remember when like VHSs used to like surround the entertainment center? Oh yeah. Like huge TV. <laughs> Speaking of Uncle Walton's TV, you remember when our cousin Cade <laughs> He like ninja kicked the TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we thought it broke, but it just like they don't make TVs like they did back then. That was a sturdy TV. It was it was like a flat screen, but it wasn't like a it was one of those huge like not HD flat screens, but like it was a flat screen that was like oversized. Yeah. Um it was a big piece of furniture. Took up a lot like, of space. Yeah, but it was a big screen. Yeah. That was back <laughs> Man, technology is really just like <laughs> I cannot believe that I just have a flat screen HD TV on my wall. 
just hanging off the wall like it's a picture frame. Yeah, it's like so light. It's crazy. You don't need like three people to like maneuver this TV <laughs> into place. You don't have to build a wooden piece of furniture just to hold it because it's sturdy. <laughs> oh, man. But over time, this movie's really grown on me. And I think part of that, too, is just like, I think I understood the humor a lot more of it as I got older. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot that went over my head the first time I watched this movie. Not just like adult humor, but like Star Trek references in general. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I hadn't seen any Star Trek at the yeah. time that I saw this or understood any of like the tropes of the TV show. So that part was, I think, kind of just over my head. Jonathan, I'm going to put a little disclaimer out to the to our audience. And I'm going to come out and say that I am not a fan of Star Trek. Is that surprising? No. It kind of sucks. I I actually do enjoy Star Trek, but it's trash compared to Star Wars. <laughs> it's trash compared to Star Wars. <laughs> it's but it's not actually like they're very different. Everyone compares yeah. them, but they are very different. Different because they have star in the name. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually more of a space track fan. That was that was embarrassing. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself for saying that. <laughs> I do enjoy I do enjoy some Star Trek from time to time to time, but I haven't really watched a whole lot of it. I, but I've seen enough now to like understand the humor in these movies. So in this I movie, I specifically remember it being on TV, like maybe at like Ralph and Noni's, um, mm-hmm. like the old TV show from the sixties. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I could not stand it. It was so boring, and you always have that weird background noise, like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I did that. That's exactly what good. I was picturing. That was the first hey, that was the first time I've ever tried to make that noise. And I'm very impressed with myself. <laughs> Dang. Um but it's like I, I, it's just boring and it's not very good and the red shirt always dies. <laughs> There's no justice for him. No justice for Sam Rockwell. <laughs> for guy. For guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a the bass player joke from that thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like he's such an important part of the crew, but mm-hmm. they don't name him. <laughs> no credit whatsoever. And so there's a lot of like meta humor just about yeah. like the TV tropes and that sort of thing. And so there's kind of a few different aspects going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like the humor is a little bit more subtle because it the movie does kind of play it pretty straight. You know, it's like it's actually happening, but and there's not as many like gags, but it is funny. It it has an interesting tone, this movie. And actually, there's a lot of people that like say that this is actually the best Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Well, OK, in the, with that logic, if this is the best Star Trek movie, then does that mean fanboys is the best Star Wars movie? Star Wars prequel? <laughs> Possibly. I think that one is definitely played up more with gags and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think this is similar, kind of similar in tone to that show that came out a few years ago, the Orville. The, yeah. You remember yeah. that? And it was like Seth MacFarlane. And, Seth MacFarlane. And That's it. it's definitely <laughs> like a, it's definitely like a Star Trek homage kind of parody, but it also like, I watched a few episodes of it and it was like more serious than I anticipated. Yeah. I thought it was going to be good. And I liked it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, forgot about it. And I was like, well, if I forgot about it, it must have really sucked. <laughs> I don't even know if it's on anymore, but probably. probably yeah, not. same thing. I, I watched a few episodes of it, but I, I didn't I didn't stick with it. <laughs> I, I was going to talk about the first time I watched this movie because I, I mentioned it a second ago. I saw this movie at a friend's house. I was going over to my friend's friend Chad's house. Chad. Yep. And classic Chad. <laughs> never spoke a word to me. Still, <laughs> me and him would like be on the phone and we'd like talk on the phone for a long time. And I'd be like, I got to go to the bathroom. And I just randomly hand the phone to Jeremy. <laughs> like here, because I wanted to, Jer- to talk to Jonathan's friends because he was cool. <laughs> I wanted to hang out with Jonathan all the time and he wouldn't let me. So I just like eavesdrop on their conversation. And this is like landline days where there was nothing yeah. to do. There was pre aim or we were too young for aim. and. Like we would just the only way to communicate with your friends that weren't at your house is on the phone. 
So I would just eavesdrop on it. I was like, what are y'all going to do? What, what kind of shenanigans? What, is this Phineas and Ferb? What, what are y'all going to do? What are y'all doing today? <laughs> when are you going to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Can he I would, come? <laughs> I was so jealous of you guys. You guys had a bromance. It was the best. He would, he'd, call, he'd call me up and invite me to Chuck E. Cheese all the time. That's That's the life right there. But yeah, I'd give the phone to you and he just wouldn't say anything to you. He'd just be silent until I came back. <laughs> Chad is the CEO of putting people on hold. <laughs> but he, he he invited me over to his house and um, I, I guess his dad was like, oh, you guys want to rent a movie or something? So I was like, sure. And so we hopped in the car and we drove down and I we're, we're driving to the video rental store. But all of a sudden something weird happens. We drive past the Blockbuster, and we turn left into the Hollywood video across the street. No. Now, this has never happened to me in my life. (laughs) No way. You were friends with a Hollywood video supporter? Exactly. I was just like, this is so weird. This is, I had never been in a Hollywood video, or (laughs) I don't know, I don't know what the listener's video rental franchise store of choice was. Maybe it was like a local independent store. Maybe it was a family video. Yeah, up but... here we have family video. We still have family video. I cannot believe it is <laughs> yeah. a business. There's like two or three of them in town, and I love it. Yeah, there's a few holdouts, but the Jones family, we were blockbuster through and through. Amen. Never went anywhere else. <laughs> Actually, we did live in one house, and we went to a, a video view a few times. That was like an independent video place, but that, was, oh, that yeah. was kind of, you were like really young then. So anyway, we go in, we're looking for a movie, and I see on the shelf in the new releases like Galaxy Quest. I was like, oh, let's watch this. I mean, I pretty much I had seen some commercials on TV and pretty much the only draw to it for me was like, oh, Tim Allen's in this movie. I like Home Improvement. <laughs> I mean, that's it. all you need. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Tim Allen. He's he's Buzz Lightyear. It's he's Buzz the Santa Lightyear. Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus. <laughs> Tim Allen was like the leader of kids movies around that time. I was going to say, this movie came out like peak Tim Allen, peak maybe Tim Allen. beginning of the end for his. I mean, his yeah. career hasn't ended, but like he, he definitely the 90s were like a peak. And then by the time this came out, Home Improvement had kind of ended. Yeah. And he still had a few movies there into the a, early there 2000s. There was a lull between but, that and Last Man Standing, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let's just do Home Improvement, but different. With girls this time. <laughs> And instead of tools, it's another manly industry like outdoor equipment. Yes, camping. Yeah. <laughs> so it still a good I, show. I love I love Tim Allen. So that's pretty much the only draw for me. But anyway, I remember watching this movie at his house. Actually, he had one of those big like Uncle Weldon type TVs in his house. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I remember watching it and like I mean that was basically like all we did. We watched the movie and then like went to bed and then like I got picked up really early the next morning because we had to do something so probably something for scouts but the big thing was just like hollywood video the stores this is just so weird it just feels so wrong being in here so wrong cases are all different the color scheme is off i don't even know where they keep book of poo (laughs) (laughs) classic every time so so they used to I, I assume like they didn't pay for it each time. Like they had like a kid's deal. Like if you rented a movie, your kid could pick out one too. Right. Cause that's what they have at family video. I think they had deals every now and then like, Oh, get another movie for 99 cents or something gotcha. like that. I actually don't even know how much videos cost to rent from blockbuster back in the day. Three ninety nine for like two days or something. I, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. But I would always, like beg mom and dad to get me book of poo. We probably rented that thing probably like 20 times enough to buy the movie itself. Yeah. Book of Pooh's but not you even never that did. good. It's, it's basically like the Muppet version of Winnie the Pooh. It's just <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, but puppets. I mean, that was the movie that I would always go for every time. You still I never, you still never bought it either. I still never did because I've seen it too many times, I guess. You need to get it used specifically like in a blockbuster case. Yeah. No other case will do. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) John, do you remember the last movie you rented from Blockbuster? No, I don't. Do you? I don't remember renting it. I I remember finding out about, I think we rented Revenge of the Sith from it. Did did we do that? I doubt it. We always bought those when they came out. 
Well, we were in the parking lot. I guess we might have been at Papa John's, which is right next door to the old Blockbuster in Temple Terrace. Um, I, we were probably getting pizza next door, and I saw a poster for Revenge of the Sith, and it was like 2005 or something. Yeah. And we had just, I we'd just been to Burger King that morning or that day, and I got me the uh, the Revenge of the Sith water guns that they sold there. Oh yeah, the Star Wars like happy meal toys that the, that that mm-hmm. burger king had i had that and i carried that around all the time and i just remember hearing that that was a good time hearing about revenge of the sith coming out yeah that was probably was like, exciting that was probably right when i really got into it is attack of the clones mm-hmm. that's like the i mean we'd always watched the first one but like i never i didn't see that one in theaters but i did remember seeing attack of the clones in theaters mm-hmm. and it was beautiful it was a great experience. I saw Attack of the Clones in theaters with Chad and his family. Yeah. Then I saw it again with you guys. Yeah. I specifically remember uh, they bought me uh, sour gummy worms, squirms, squirms, and a big, a big, like large Pepsi. <laughs> big old large Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this movie, Galaxy Quest, this came out in 1999. Coincidentally, yeah. the same year as phantom menace yeah episode one of star wars the first ever movie that star wars ever came out episode one 1999 yeah that is not correct uh (laughs) i should add that anytime like we say something (laughs) that's not correct sometimes we say stuff and then i'm editing the (laughs) podcast and i'm like i want to fact check this before i leave this in (laughs) i like cut out stuff every now and then i'm like do it that was not correct (laughs) Do it. Get get some get some Krish on this for a movie that that came out in 1999. That isn't like a Star Wars movie. It, the effects actually hold up pretty well. I thought rewatching it. Yeah, this like morning. the little uh, transportation glue spacesuit thing, um, Jello <laughs> that they put him in looks really cool. That was probably the worst looking thing. <laughs> that was sarcasm. <laughs> but everything else, I mean, a lot like the aliens, the rock monster, the ships. Yeah, it was kind of a mix of of practical and CGI, and ILM did the effects for it. A lot of it was like they're trying to look campy, like the yeah, like the booger monsters, whatever they're called. <laughs> they look pretty dumb. Maybe they're miners. What? Are you talking about the little kids? Little kids? No, I'm talking about the, the little kid- guys. Which ones are those? The, the evil people, the green guys. Oh, I thought you were talking about the kids. They look like strong boogers with antenna. <laughs> Saurus, <laughs> I believe, is the guy's Saris. name. Saurus, yeah. He's a pretty generic villain. Yeah, pretty lame. <laughs> this villain would... He's a stupid villain, too. This movie's just like a bunch of getting lucky. <laughs> like, oh, shoot, we're gonna win this because of how they did the ship just like the movie set? Yeah. Oh, the self-destruct isn't gonna go off because it always stops at one? <laughs> It's like they they can't fail. They, they re they reverse engineered everything on the ship just based on how they how they interacted with the controls. I'm like, yeah. that's, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. It is an alien speak. <laughs> I'm not convinced that this isn't like a dream, like a drunk dream from Tim. Maybe Allen. I didn't stay for the end of the credits, so I don't know if maybe he like woke up at the end and was like, "That was weird." That would have been lame. That really would have been. Yeah. Lame. I was thinking uh, when watching this, I was like, this is the three amigos, but in space. You did? <laughs> Except instead of Martin Short, Steve Martin, and uh, Chevy Chase, it's Tony Shaloub, Alan Rickman, and Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> so you've got, you've got Tim Taylor, Severus Snape, and Monk. <laughs> and the warden from Holes. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I I mean when I watched this, this I was only watching this for like Tim Allen and I didn't know who any yeah. of these other people are but there's actually a lot of people there are after Jonathan. this movie that I, I mean I knew about like the main cast but there's even some other people th- sprinkled throughout sprinkled throughout the entire yeah. movie I didn't realize this is like this is a movie 1999 before people's like breakout roles mm-hmm. I mean like Sam Rockwell wasn't that famous back then Still no, isn't. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a lot of B-rolls. But I mean he was in he's in the MCU. 
at least. So that's that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, Tony Shaloub, this is pre-Monk. Yeah. This is uh, pre-Cars for him. I guess that was good. He played Guido, <laughs> the Italian Mini Cooper, or whatever. Um, Jonathan, they had freaking Rain Wilson as one of the aliens yeah. in the limo. Yeah. Dwight from The Office. I didn't notice that till this rewatch. I did not. I didn't either. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. <laughs> Has uh, Justin Long? This is his first movie. I do. I do think I knew that. Justin Long is a treasure. I mean, I I I know Alan Rickman had done a lot before this, but I wouldn't have known him because I hadn't I wouldn't seen have known any of the Harry Potter. Hard. He yeah. was like, yeah, Harry Potter wasn't in it. This is pre Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow. He was probably cast at the time, but Alan Rickman isn't in much. He was in Die Hard, and he was in Harry Potter, but that's what he's known for is that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But this is, would, would you say that this is his best role? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it, but I actually like him a lot more as the uh, the robot, voice of the robot in, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That is true. He is so good in that. Another the, Sam Rockwell the, the movie. Ro- yeah. I didn't put that together, but like within like five years, there was two space comedy movies that were starring Sam Rockwell and Alan Rickman. Oh, I guess Sam Rockwell played two characters in that. But let's talk about Daryl Mitchell because he's the most familiar familiar face. I was just about he's to not bring him up. Anything? Did you look up who who what he's in? He's in Ten Things I Hate About You. That's the only thing I remember him from. No, you remember him from something else. Big time. Big time? Big time. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody for one episode. Nope. Um, Country Bears! Your hair looks ridiculous. <laughs> your hair your hair <laughs> looks ridiculous. <laughs> that's what that's from. Shoot. He's Officer Ham. <laughs> In Country Bears, opposite of Diedrich Bader. There's there's just a lot lot of actors in this movie that hadn't had a big break yet or yeah. I just didn't know how big they were because I hadn't seen much else but mm-hmm. there's pretty much everyone in this movie I can like connect to some other movie that I've seen it's there's yeah. a lot of connections in Galaxy Quest I remember hearing the past few years uh, that they were like trying to maybe do like a follow up series to this movie mm-hmm. but they ended up not pursuing with it or uh they ended up not like moving ahead with it after alan rickman passed away like a tv series yeah that like they had thought about a sequel or maybe like a series um and i remember hearing like some rumblings about that but after alan rickman passed away they decided not to that was such a sad forward with it and it it really like they kind of waited too long to do any follow-up anyway true (laughs) but the big thing is like the movie came out, it actually made some money, but it wasn't like a huge hit. And mm-hmm. it's definitely turned into like a big cult cult fan favorite. It really has, yeah. Over the years. I think a lot of fans really like the way how it like portrayed fan culture. <laughs> it's like it doesn't really like it kind of pokes fun at the fans a little bit, but like mm-hmm. they also like involve them in the plot <laughs> to like save the day. It's My like, favorite character is uh Justin Long's character. Yeah, I like his character. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of you from the intro, actually. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think this movie kind of came out before, like, Comic-Con was, like, a huge thing. Yeah. It was still kind of very much a very, like, nerdy, geek thing to do, to, like, go to some, like, convention. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely turned in into like a, a more mainstream thing like tons of people go to comic-con just because it's like it's a big movie news tv kind of mecca yeah. for like panels and announcements and that sort of thing so jeremy uh oh, where no. do you want to talk about next uh, <laughs> how about we talk about how much those aliens voices send tingles down my spine <laughs> I hate it. I physically cringe when I hear their their voice and the noises that they make. <laughs> I hate it so much. You used to do that just to mess with me, and it just yeah. freaked me out. I don't know why. I'm not scared of it. It's just like I'm grossed out by it. 
<laughs> How uh, pale they are, and ugh. I I remember us rewatching this like back in like 2015 or around that time frame or something. And just noticing how much it was bothering you, those voices. And so I just started doing those impressions for a good, good while after watching that. (laughs) Not a fan whatsoever. I just saw this Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary that was made in 2019. Have you Mm -hmm. seen that? Did you watch that? Uh, I've heard of it. And um, it's on YouTube. I actually watched a few minutes of it before we before we were recording and I'm probably going to go back and finish it. Cause it's not just like a fan fans talking about the movie. Yeah. It is talking about fans experiencing, but it's also got like the actors from the movie and that sort of thing. So, Oh, wow. looks like a legit, legit thing. Kind of look back on it. The artwork so, on the, on the cover of it on the poster looks really cool. It's like minimalistic pastel yeah. colors. Yeah. I think a big thing with like the production of this movie is the the script for it and like the it was kind of shot as like a PG thirteen, yeah, <laughs> or R. There's a lot more language in it, and they decided the studio in like post production decided to cut it down to like a PG to kind of appeal more to a family audience. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot, there's some deleted scenes from the movie, and there's there's some like oh, no. uh, lines overdubbed <laughs> that if you look closely, you can actually tell what they're saying. I'm not going to point it out to you, but <laughs> okay. But there's a there's there's one scene in particular that the overdub is really bad. It's very noticeable what they're actually saying in the line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was just because of like, oh, it's Tim Allen, and you know he's the home improvement Toy Story guy. Yeah, he's not. He's we not want the, the kids. He's not the coked up comedian from the '80s at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's changed. Yeah. He's changed. Yeah, I think there was a lot of like behind the scenes, like changes, rewrites and that sort of thing as it was in production. So I imagine the documentary probably talks a little bit about that. Yeah. And I know Alan Rickman specifically, I was reading online, like he's not he does not like sci fi like at all, Mm -hmm. but he just liked the script for this movie so much and genuinely thought it was really funny (laughs) that like that's what convinced him to do it. (laughs) Because I think. I think they were going for more like having more serious actors in the movie. Yeah. Kind of. I, I think airplane kind of did that. Like Leslie Nielsen until he did airplane was a dramatic actor. Really? And like everything he did was like serious. And they wanted like more serious actors in the movie to play it straight, to deliver it kind of more deadpan style. Yeah. So I think that kind of works. Kind of works here with uh, Alan Rickman's character, Dr. Lazarus. It, yeah, it really does. <laughs> but the the plot of this is similar to three amigos because it's like these people need help and they find these like old tv shows historical documents <laughs> they think it's real so they like try and enlist them for their help and like the same thing happens in three amigos doesn't it because they like see their like silent movies and they're like oh we need their help to save us from el guapo el guapo <laughs> guapo <laughs> And they think, oh, it's just going to be, we go down there, we do a show in Mexico. And then, anyway, that was a connection. I thought it was plot similarity. I agree with that connection. Jeremy, do you have a favorite scene from this movie? I really liked, mm, okay, there's a lot of ones. But if I had to choose one, it was just the, I guess not a scene. Well, if I had to choose one scene from it, it would be the trash scene with Justin Long. Yeah. That was a perfect yeah. cut. <laughs> uh, but just pretty much any scene with that with the nerd and his mom was just really funny. Yeah, those scenes are really funny. And he's like, he's like trying to talk to him at all the conventions and <laughs> he like blows him off. And he's like, I didn't even get to the relevant conundrum. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. So the confusing thing with this movie is like all the characters have like they have their character names, but then they have like their in real life actor names. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to keep track of the names of like who's who you got like because the Alan Rickman character, he's Dr. Lazarus in the TV show. But then his name is Alexander Dane. The crew, they like call each other by their real names. But like everyone else, like the aliens that have enlisted their help, they call them by their TV character name. So it's like it gets kind of confusing at times. Uh, But the pilot's name is Tommy Weber. 
And fun fact, I just now am reading this on Wikipedia. Corbin Blue played Lieutenant Laredo in the TV show scenes, like as the young Tommy. Really? <laughs> I didn't recognize him. You didn't recognize him because he doesn't have his curls. I know. Hair. Wow, that's cool. But yeah, he, he interesting. Just jumped in the pilot's chair, jumped. I guess. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pedal to the metal. <laughs> oh, yeah. My other favorite scene was like right when they were teleported into the ship and they all sat down, took their places. And he was just like, wow, good thing I'm not the commander. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pressure, commander. Good thing. I'm glad I'm not him. And he's yeah. just like, all right, take us out. Oh, all right, oh, take us out. Oh, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> that was a good scene. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that I always remember him like scraping against the wall trying to leave the <laughs> the, the yeah. spaceport or whatever. Yeah. That was the docking bay. Although the weird thing about that scene is like they're like scraping the side of it, but then like when they get out of it, there's like wings that are like really way extending past beyond the ship that like should have just been crushed before the side of the ship. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. They probably were just extended wings that just grow. <laughs> it's technology. Don't read into it. That's the kind of question Brandon would ask at the at the convention, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in episode uh, 321, uh, as you were leaving the spaceport, I noticed that... Uh, <laughs> what's the in, in-universe reason explanation for that? I feel like the least favorite part for me is like when they go down to the planet with like those weird alien babies. That's <laughs> so like creepy. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I always remember that. Not as creepy as... The, the voices of the, what are they called? I keep thinking termites because that's what Tim Th- Allen called Thermians. them. Thermians? Thermians. Uh, not, not as creepy as those voices. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't she talk? Her translator is broken. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, one of the lines that always stood out to me, and I don't know if it was in the trailer or if I remember like Larry quoting it. <laughs> at certain times but it's like it's a scene that's near the end where uh the tony shalhoub character see i don't i can't remember their characters fred kwan tech sergeant chen <laughs> when uh he like saves them and then he like starts making out with that one thermian lady <laughs> oh, no. and the sam rockwell character is like oh that's not right <laughs> <laughs> It's like creeped out when that like tentacle comes out of nowhere. It's like... <laughs> I would that's I think that's the standout quote for me from this movie. I don't Yeah, that's probably good. I can't remember any others other than like the catchphrases of like by Grabthaw's hammer. Yeah. You will be avenged. It's not really anything any of the quotes that stand out in this movie, which in this case, why are we covering it? Because we don't we don't quote this at all, but not much, it's more but... like the visuals imprinted in well, your mind. Yeah. I, I, when I think of Star Trek, I think of Galaxy Quest first. For sure. Yeah. I do. And especially like Ellen Rickman's head. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that we quote isn't really a quote. It's just me doing those Thermian impressions around yeah, you to creep yeah. you out. Pretty much the noise <laughs> that. is not really the words <laughs> itself. <laughs> so I guess the question is, is this really a staple of our childhood? Jonathan, we didn't start this out saying that. I'd say it's pretty be. stapleable. Pretty stapley. This is this is a staple of our childhood, and when I say this is a staple of our childhood, I mean it's a. I mean it's a staple of our childhood. Like it's it's a sta- it's one of the stapliest movies of all time, especially in the sci-fi category. You know it it might not be at the top of our list at the end of the year, but. This hey. movie is like such a foundation of like so many connections to other movies that will be on the list, you know, so I don't oh, know. I just thought of a good name for our bracket at the end of the year. What is it? Staple bracket. <laughs> staple? The staple bracket 2020. Okay. The staple bracket spectacular of 2020. That's what we'll call the episode. That'd be great. It's going to be a fun time. Probably have to make it a two hour extravaganza, probably. I'm just kidding. Sure. Nobody will listen to that. <laughs> just arguing over which movie's better. <laughs> uh, 
But during that episode, we will call... Rookie of the Year should definitely be number six on our list. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> when we can't decide, we're gonna, we're, we'll are gonna we definitely have to call like some past guests. Or just random people in our phone. How crazy would that be? Actually, that's kind of a funny idea. It's like, like who wants to be a millionaire? Like, lifelines. Phone a friend. It's like, when a phone a friend, we call it Bryce. <laughs> Bryce will just explain. That'll be good. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited for it. We still have yeah. a whole other month of Christmas movies to cover. Yeah. One thing I remember about this movie, the first time I watched it, is there's some, there's some weird cuts in this movie. And so I feel like I, I was a little bit confused. Um, like it goes straight from like the black hole extra like ILM effects, um, the like the black hole CGI stuff, and it just goes straight to him standing by the pool. <laughs> yeah, I mean? that's spe- that was a weird specifically, cut. yeah, specifically the scenes of him like uh, going up, like getting beamed up in the limo. Like they yeah. get beamed up in the limo, and then it just like fades to black, yeah. and he's just like asleep on the ship. Yeah. So I don't know if there's some deleted scenes in between there. Or it was probably budget cuts and they couldn't afford CGI. <laughs> Maybe. Probably. And then, and then afterwards, like you were saying, like when he gets beamed back and sort of things, there's just some like inter- weird cuts in between there. That was kind of confusing. I feel like the first time <laughs> I saw it. I wish Rain Wilson was in this more. That would made this great. <laughs> I, I did look up some deleted scenes. There is, there is one deleted scene that has him talking to uh, the Tony Shalhoub character. Yeah, basically, like there's some scenes where like as soon as they get there, they like take him down to the bridge because he's like he's like supposed to be like the Scotty character from yeah. Star Trek, yeah. like the engineer or whatever. So they're like, we we have some matters that need your attention immediately. But it wasn't actually all that funny. I could see why they cut it. But yeah, that was very, really weird seeing Rain Wilson. This is pre office for him. <laughs> this is such a classic movie. This is probably a cult classic of sci fi for all mm-hmm. sci fi fans. Um, but like all these great actors are, this is one of their best roles. Yes, but it's not their best role. Yeah. At all. Like none of these have like, not one actor stands out in this as like their best movie that they've been in, which is a good thing, I guess, because it's such a good movie. But (laughs) do you think it would have worked out better if they weren't in this and they had different people? Like who else would you cast in this movie? Um, I really like Alan Rickman in this. Mm hmm. I like Sam Rockwell a lot, Tony Shalhoub. I feel like uh, I was looking up kind of the history of the movie because um, there was a, there was some like shakeups and some rewrites in between like this getting filmed and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, Harold Ramis, I think, was involved in the movie. He's oh. like any movie with like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd in the 80s. He was in it or directed it slash wrote it. So yeah. Um, and actually, he he was not a fan of hiring Tim Allen for this role. Uh, I think he had some other other people in mind for that, and I can't remember. It's in the trivia on IMDb. I feel like Steve Martin was actually actually <laughs> recommended for that. That could have been good. That could have been good. I guess there was a few other ones. Like I could see it. Uh, I think they were like worried about it just turning into a T- Tim Allen family movie. But like, I actually think he does a pretty good job in the movie. Yeah, actually, he, he has a kind of a dramatic scene with Mathazar as he's like getting tortured, and he's like having to like explain to him that they're not real, like they just they're just actors. Yeah, comedians are some of the best actors, dramatic yeah. actors ever. Like Jason yeah. Sudeikis, he's amazing. Ooh, you, I do not like this. Harold Ramis wanted to cast Alec Baldwin in the lead role. I would have, I would have bought actually, the movie and thrown it away. You know, I can really <laughs> see that though. I, I can see why he would think that as like uh, trying to play like a William Shatner type. Yeah. William Shatner Actually, sucks. So I could so see that. Baldwin. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not a fan of Alec Baldwin. Uh, also, Steve Martin and Kevin Klein were considered for the role. Huh. So, I could see those more Steve Martin. But, but. but uh, Tim Allen was was cast and then Harold Ramis left the left the project but it does say that after he saw the movie ultimately he did he was impressed with alan's performance so alec baldwin i just can't stand he's not good even before like the whole like hey how about you play donald trump on snl 
it won't get old at all, even if it is funny. No, he, he's the reason I, I can't watch 30 Rock. Like, yeah, I try no, to get into the show. 30 Rock is and good, just... but he sucks in it. I was never an Alec Baldwin fan whatsoever. He's not funny. I mean, basically, the, the whole movie, they're kind of, I guess most of them are kind of, most of the actors are kind of like resenting their roles in the movie, in the show, but they don't have like other acting work. So they just like keep doing the conventions, <laughs> yeah. except for like Tim Allen. He's just like eating it up because he whole, just loves the attention. That whole bit when they were uh, Snape, <laughs> Alan Rickman leaves every, every appearance and he's, he goes through his like breakdown. I can't yeah. believe I'm doing this. <laughs> um, but when he comes back from space, like actual space and he's trying to convince them, he's the first one to leave. And then they all go back to the car. And Tony Shalhoub is just, I'm just going to say it by their characters. We got Snape, Monk, yeah, yeah. the warden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Monk is just like, I mean, I know he's crazy, but like, should we turn down the job? Yeah. Turn, should we really turn down this gig? <laughs> and Snape was like, is this, that's a gig? Huh. Okay. <laughs> he's like the first one to go back. <laughs> leaves the Leaves the car. And why were they all driving in the same car together? yeah (laughs) there's not one scene where they're all separate except for tim allen i did notice like there's a scene where like alan rickman calls the warden and you see him and they're just in like a normal house looking thing just like it just looks like a regular house like middle class house or whatever but it looks like the same house (laughs) but like tim allen's house is like this like malibu mansion like tony stark type thing (laughs) robert downey jr would have done good in this i could see that He'd be yeah. he'd be pretty good in it. It was kind of before his like comeback. Yeah, I think he was. But uh, yeah, I could see that. I, and also, I guess he's been like doing appearances without them. So I guess he's the big big draw. It's like, well, we yeah. got to see Captain Taggart, Tim Allen, Tim Taylor. <laughs> we much enjoy the historical documents. Uh, you 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 mean y'all watch the show from all the way out here? No, they're <laughs> historical documents. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was an interesting i don't know concept because it was like they had to describe they didn't even know what a tv show was or like entertainment yeah he like he was trying to like explain to it like what they were doing and the only way he could like uh convey what it was they were doing was was by eventually saying like we lied <laughs> like they were so like innocent <laughs> Yeah. And like had no concept of like entertainment or anything like that. Have you ever thought about if aliens came down and what what would be the weirdest thing you'd have to explain to them about our culture? <laughs> Cuz I was listening to uh Dear Hank and John, uh the Vlog mm-hmm. Brothers podcast, and every time that comes up, he's always like, "Um, how how I don't understand, but if aliens ever come to this earth, how are we going to explain to them lawn care and grass?" <laughs> it's like this green plant in our front yard that we all worship and we all spend a lot of time on to look good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's everywhere. It's on the ground, but you can't walk on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if any uh if anyone out there in space is listening to our podcast and like I mean these these episodes are historical documents really. <laughs> we just they talked are. about our old stories. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> In, did our, you say space or Spain? Because I think we have both. Yeah, some listeners <laughs> all over, all over the world and outside of it. No, we don't have any outside of it. That Just we know inside. Of. Our podcast analytics do have like every now and then it'll be like a certain number of listeners. It'll say where, and then it'll be like other. Yeah, like can't determine where it's Ooh. from. So we could have aliens. I, I like to think those are otherworldly listeners. I like that. Like Maybe that. it's Matt Damon out on Mars <laughs> listening to us. Growing potatoes with his poop. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good movie. I like it still. Um, I enjoyed it enough. <laughs> you know, this, this movie, this movie is a, is a, it's a tribute to the Star Trek TV show, but it, it's a tribute to the fans as well. It is. The show would not be anything without its fans. Likewise, the movie would not be anything without its fans because it's, it's just garnered such a cult status over the years. Yeah. And uh, this podcast would not be what it is without our fans. Without our four fans. I mean, what? Thanks thanks to viewers like you. Thank you. We're PBS kids, for sure. 
We don't really do this for the fans, but we are glad to keep y'all along for the ride. We do this just to catch up with each other every weekend and relive the good yeah. memories. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's a good time to wrap this episode up. We talked a good amount of it, a good amount of our childhood and whatnot. <laughs> and we hope to run into some fans at some podcast conventions eventually, you know? They'll be like, uh, in, in episode uh, 21 <laughs> of Inside Quotes, do you remember when you said this? And we'll be like, no. <laughs> um, in episode five of Inside Quotes, you guys talked about uh, pancake coasters. Where can we buy one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for merch ideas. So I'm thinking for the, through the past year or so that we've been doing this so far is we've come across pancake coasters as soundproof coasters. Um, and then we've got staple of our childhood. That's a good phrase. So I'm thinking maybe like doing a staple sticker that says inside quotes or something, or maybe a shirt, like a life mm-hmm. is good shirt with a cartoon staple on it. That'd be cool. Um, or like a duck. This is quack, quack. <laughs> quack quack everybody a duck with a hockey stick and a a microphone <laughs> we've got some ideas Roland. if you, if listener if you if you've been listening to our uh, podcast for the past year or so if you're or if you're a new fan and you have any, any ideas for mascots <laughs> or merch ideas let us know but yeah this has been fun covering galaxy quest and next week we're gonna continue our november movies with a movie that you are going to be picking next week. Do you have yes. any idea of what you have selected? Yes. This is my favorite Robert Downey Jr. film series of all time. Wow. And we're just kicking it off, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it started around 10 or so years ago, you know, maybe, maybe a little less than that or more. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. Movie in general, I would say. Um, which could be a hot take because it's not Iron Man. <laughs> uh, but if you don't know, here's a clip. First, distract target. Then block his blind jab. Counter with cross to left cheek. Discombobulate. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman. You can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. He's a very talented artist and animator. And if you need any artwork done by him, feel free to send him a DM and he will gladly help you out. Uh, and if you want to listen to his episode on Inside Quotes, he covered Monster House with us a couple weeks ago. So check that out. He's a great dude. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, like if you have any merch ideas or like other ideas or suggestions on what movies we should do, uh, follow us on Inside Quotes Cast on Instagram. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a review. Yeah. We love this show, and we love you guys. And by Grabthar's hammer, we will return next week. We, we shall. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, until next week, guys, never give up. Never surrender. See ya.